From the final phase, Electric Studios. From the first step to the final phase. Industrial and commercial electrical done right. Casey Hendrickson. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Do you want to thank R&B Car Company locations in South Bend and Warsaw? R&B Car Company are your used car experts. Find them online at rbcarcompany.com. I'm not going to spend a ton of time on this. I will spend a little time on it. I did a more in-depth dive on this with the early show. If you go to rumble.com slash Casey the host, you can watch that if you want. Uh, so the shooter in Buffalo, uh, it, it again, just this weird sort of way that our society works now. It can't just be an 18-year-old psychopath who murdered a bunch of people. It's got to be what political affiliation is he and why did that political affiliation cause him to do this instead of it just being, you know, an a-hole. That's kind of what we're dealing with. We're dealing with somebody who's clearly disturbed. We're dealing with somebody who threatened to shoot up a school last year, was investigated by police. So once again, I know you're all familiar with this. Every mass public shooting, they're known to authorities, every single one of them, Very rarely do you get a shooting where they weren't known. He was hospitalized for a day and a half. That was it. Just a day and a half was released. Okay. So that's all there. That's all there was the last time that he made a threat. And again, I don't know what the answer is because I'm not advocating the, the government to come in and take, take away people's constitutional rights. But if somebody's threatening a school and it's to the point where you feel like they need to be hospitalized, I don't know, make it a week, make it two weeks, have a psychiatrist actually probe their brain see what's happening inside their medulla oblongatas and all that stuff, but that didn't happen. Now, we're at a point here where for months he was planning this, drove several hundred miles, carried the attack out, had this weird, bizarre, like, dinner with somebody who happened to be a black man. It's only relevant because this this kid does describe himself as a white supremacist. Um, But he also doesn't like conservatives. and He doesn't like Fox News. And yet... Because he self-identifies as a white supremacist, which traditionally have been on the political left of this country, but because he identifies as a white supremacist and he identifies as a fascist, which is a left-wing ideology, the left has gone out there and said, see, Tucker Carlson made this guy. What? Now, it wasn't that long ago that we were highlighting several blue checkmark verified Twitter accounts from journalists and uh, all of these figures who are actually telling you that, yes, the white replacement theory was real, and it was a good thing. So for those of you who aren't familiar, the whole white replacement thing is that whites will become a minority in the United States because non-whites are immigrating here in large numbers. And this is celebrated on the left as a positive thing. And when people on the right kind of point out, yeah, but illegal immigration is wrong, legal immigration is fine, illegal immigration is wrong, it should be happening that way, Then the left says, white replacement theory doesn't exist, you're just a racist. But they celebrate it when they're using it for their own attacks on white Republicans or conservatives. Then they deny it even exists when white Republicans or conservatives or even libertarians show any kind of concern for it whatsoever. Uh, They've even used it against cinema and others who who are liberals but also express some grave concern about the southern border. So white replacement is white replacement theory, if you will. It's not a fake thing. It's very real. It's celebrated and proposed and advocated for by the political left because they believe when when white people become a minority, 
then the Democratic Party will be unbeatable. That is their whole philosophy. And they brag about this all the time on social media. And because somebody like Tucker Carlson points out that, hey, maybe this is an explanation for not securing the border. They want whites to be the minority so they don't secure the border because that will make that process faster. Here they are talking about it. So when he does a show on that, they call him a kook, even though he can show their own tweets where they promote it. And because this individual here, who self-identifies as a white supremacist, who self-identifies as a fascist, which is a left-wing ideology, um, also seemed to have a real big issue with white replacement and whites becoming a minority in this country. And this is one of the motivations behind his his memoir and potentially the shooting, where most of his victims happen to be black. Not all of them, but most. Um you start to you start to get a sense of what's actually building up here. So they're attacking Tucker Carlson. Tucker Carlson's responsible for this. Tucker Carlson didn't make the border po- policy. Tucker Carlson didn't make this guy. This guy self-ascribes, ladies and gentlemen. He self-ascribes as a mild to moderate left-wing authoritarian. Which, you know what that does? Puts him square in the political ideology of fascism. It's exactly where it is. He says that he, he was a communist from a very young age. Of course, communism, far more left-wing than fascism, but fascism is still left-wing. So for those of you who are on the video screen, so I'll go to my right, which will be your left. Communism, socialism, Marxism, fascism. Still all way left of center. All of them. And I again, when you conflate everything, with the way that they have done this over the past several years that, oh, fascism is this right-wing thing, then that ends up screwing people's up uh, brains and ideas up because they don't understand what fascism actually is. Anybody who spends any time reading about fascism, and again, there's different variations of fascism, just like there's different variations of socialism. They're all left-wing ideologies. It doesn't really matter. Fascists hate communists, not because one's left and one's right. It's an ideological purity contest. Okay, The Sunni and Shia hate each other. Generally speaking, in parts of the of the world, okay, not everywhere, but the Sunni and Shia are rivals. There's still Islam. Catholics and Protestants, at one point, were at war with each other. They were still Christians. Get it? It's just two sides of the same coin. But they're trying to make this kid, as if this were even relevant, they're trying to make this kid out to be some right-wing lunatic, which they do all the time. Every mass public shooting, you are guaranteed to get one Well, a set of things within the first hour. It's definitely going to be an angry white guy. It's definitely going to be a Trump supporter or a Republican. It's definitely going to be an AR-15. And he's definitely going to be a member of the NRA. Almost never any of those. We're still looking for a shooter who is a card-carrying member of the NRA. Still looking for one. They haven't found one yet. But they always use it as an attack. So what did he do? He went and he bought himself a Bushmaster. He legally purchased it, but he's using magazines that are illegal in New York. Not that that matters much. The We'll get into the security guard here in a minute because that's going to lead into the next attack that's coming here soon. Um, but he planned this out for months. He drives out there. He has this bizarre intellectual conversation with a black man who was there. They sat down. They ate together. Again, this self-described white supremacist with a black man. Um, and you know, then he goes on his rampage. And he kills innocent people. And he leaves this this massive dossier, which 
not a dossier, but you know what I mean. Um, but he leaves this. He leaves this thing. It was it, some reports have it 106 pages. Some have it 180 pages. I didn't get it before it was deleted. Uh, you know, I unplug over the weekend. But they left it up for a couple of days until people on social media started pointing out. Uh, he's not he's not a Republican, guys. He 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 describes himself as left wing in his own words. It's right there in his manifesto. And that's when Google blocked access to it. Like just like that. Like all of a sudden it started trending that this guy was not a right winger, but it was a left winger, and then Google blocked access to it. You the very few times we've actually had a right wing shooter. You notice they always leave access to the manifesto up. They never take it down. They always want you to see what they say, right? But the moment anything comes out that would suggest that this person isn't of the political right persuasion, then that's got to be taken down. It's got to be censored. It's got to be squashed. That way you can go out and just continue to spew this narrative that, hey, this is a white supremacist. He's a Trump-supporting right-winger and AR-15 and yada, yada, yada. When it, that's not the case, um, he himself described himself as having beliefs that were on the left and the right. But his self-described position was a mild, moderate left authoritarian. That's what he ascribed to be. And it's funny watching people on social media when you point this out. Going, uh that's not what he was. That's what he called himself. That's who he believes he is. I'm sorry that Tracy on the internet doesn't agree with the guy who describes himself the way that he describes himself in his manifesto before he murdered a bunch of people. At the end of the day, none of this is relevant. You're watching people on CNN and MSNBC and running around and going Fox news and Tucker Carlson. They killed these people. Mike, really? Where, where were you when you caused a black lives matter activist to go around Dallas Murdering police officers one night. Where were, where were you? Because your rhetoric led to that. I wrote a whole article about it. And all of the news stories leading up to that particular event that were fake news, they're being pushed by the news media, enraging people. There is, there is no epidemic of young black men being executed by police officers in this country. It is a non-existent issue. It's not real. Period. You had an economics professor at Harvard University did everything he could to prove that Black Lives Matter was telling the truth about police shootings of young black men. And at the end of the day, he had to acquiesce and he had to admit, I'm sorry, the data just doesn't prove it. This isn't a real thing. Whites are killed at much higher percentage rates than blacks by police officers. Percentage rates, not total numbers. But that doesn't stop the media from whipping everybody up into a frenzy, right? And when the media whips everybody up into a frenzy and police officers get killed or assaulted and cities get burned down because of it, they don't want to accept any responsibility for any of that. That's not them. But God forbid one person somewhere does something and he seems to agree with a a conservative commentator on one issue. And that's the conservative commentator's fault. That's why everybody died. That's the world you live in right now. That's tribalism for you. It's a cancer. Got more coming up. 95.3 MNC. 500 two weeks away but the undy 500 saturday in south bend we have details first thing tuesday 95 3 mnc
All right, as we continue talking about the Buffalo shooting, we have an update on the Laguna shooting, which is getting almost no media attention because, well, the Laguna shooting was an Asian man, so the narrative doesn't fit. And the news media will tell you, well, the Buffalo shooting was worse. That's why we're covering that one more. But we all, we've been here before. When there's two shootings that happen at the same time, one is worse than the other one. They still cover both of them equally. When the narrative is right, they're just choosing not to cover the other one. But they've identified the shooter in that case. We'll get to that here in a minute. Retired Buffalo police officer Aaron Salter Jr. was working security at the uh, the store in Buffalo, New York that was that was attacked. And he fired a bunch of rounds into the shooter. Uh, the shooter was protected with body armor. And those rounds did not have effect. He fired center mass. The body armor absorbed them. And when the shooter returned fire, unfortunately, he lost his life. Now, you're going to see a, a big push to get rid of body armor going forward because of this. There always is. There, very rarely is body armor used. But when it is used, there is a big big push to ban body armor which is designed to protect you okay protective equipment can be used by bad people also you know that's just a a fact of life you know you can also wear all sorts of baseball and hockey equipment and go out and beat the tar out of people without getting hurt yourself that doesn't mean you ban that stuff okay Uh, it's designed to protect it you should you should have an absolute and total right to possess it but they're going to make a push to ban it just as they've done in the past now, of course, uh, when you get into the uh, the California shooting in Laguna Woods, this is a church shooting. We knew that the suspect was 68 years old. We knew that he was Asian, and we knew that he was not from the area and that he was from Las Vegas. They have identified him, though, just today. And his name is, oh, where did it go? I just had it. David Chow. Thank you. So David Chow went in there. Um, to, to my knowledge, they don't have a motivation yet. It does not appear to be racial. He is Asian, but it doesn't appear to be racial. There's a huge uh, Taiwanese congregation there at that particular church. It's not exclusive, but there's a huge congregation there. Uh, so we don't we don't exactly know. Uh, when he stopped to reload, that is when the churchgoers pounced on him and were able to take him into custody and get control of the situation. Um, but he has been identified, so we're we're just waiting for details on what that was all about, and and we don't we still don't know. Nobody's come forward with anything that I'm aware of. So it's look you you look at the way that you know these things are covered, and it's unfortunate that we live in a society that has to cover tragedies from a political perspective just to gain political points by standing on the graves of the dead. But that's where we are. And I, I should not, and believe me, I hate it. I hate it. And for many, many years, and you still get it now with breaking news, and we're covering something live, I'm not going to give you my opinion on anything. And we've had, unfortunately, a lot of those live cases that we can cover, even locally, where we talk about these active shooting situations and whatnot, and we're covering them. And I've always gotten praise from you. I've gotten praise from national media for the way that I've covered those things because I don't inject that stuff. But... When you have a situation like this, it's had a couple of days, um, you know, you've got uh, you've got these two shootings here, and they're only covered from a political perspective. I was telling people on the early show today, they don't want you to talk about it. They want you to take the high road. So the leftists who are covering it from a political perspective, they want you to take the high road and just focus on the victims so they can continue to browbeat their political message. 
when people are outraged and mortified when they're most susceptible to receiving that message and they don't want you to focus on rebuffing what they're saying. So they immediately hit you with this messaging. This is a a you know a right winger who loves Tucker Carlson, loves Fox News, hates uh, hates everybody out there, including Jews and Hispanics and everything else. And again, anti-Semitism is a is a condition of the left. It's not a condition of the right. It's it's liberal Democrats who have a problem with Jews. It's not conservatives. You look at the college campus atmosphere for the past twenty years. It has been run by left-wingers, and it has been demonstrably anti-Semitic. There are anti-Semitic members of Congress right now, and they're only in one political party. They're not in the other one. So this is a this is a guy who identifies himself as being left-wing, but they want to run with the message. Tucker Carlson fan believes in conspiracies on Tucker Carlson show and on Fox News, you know, bought a Bushmaster Bushmaster is the same type of gun that was used, you know, in these other shootings and everything else, even though it's a brand of firearms. So they want that message to get out there early and as often as possible before anybody responds. And so oftentimes when the NRA, the NRA has a standing policy of not responding to accusations against them for a couple of days. And people know this. So they take those couple of days and they attack the NRA and the NRA doesn't respond out of respect for the victims. They've had this policy for years. And then the NRA will respond after a couple of days have passed and there's been a time of mourning. Um, but they know that they can browbeat that message to everybody for those first couple of days. And they want to do that with every single mass shooting. And when the narrative comes out, when there's footage or whatever, and, hey, the shooter's not the right demographic, the story goes away. They don't cover it anymore. The story just goes away. If for some reason it's so heinous it stays in the headlines, they shift focus away from the shooter onto whoever sold the shooter the gun. Or whoever supplied the shooter with the gun. Because you got to keep the narrative going no matter what. So they just pivot from one thing to the other. But at the end of the day, we shouldn't even have this discussion. This is an 18-year-old nutso who has a history of being a nutso. Probably shouldn't have been on the street. And he went out there and he, he killed a bunch of innocent people. That's what he did. And we shouldn't be talking about his political ideologies or where he aligns because ultimately it isn't relevant, but I have to because if I let it go, they're going to allow that venom to fester with the lowest common denominator out there who doesn't know anything. And they're just going to assume, guess what, that right-wingers who watch Tucker Carlson want to go kill black people. And then that's going to lead to more of them going out there and doing what? Committing acts of violence against white people, which we have been seeing for years now. As some people on my live stream pointed out, this is kind of like every time you had a jihadi running out there yelling Aloha snack bar, and suddenly it wasn't, oh, yeah, it wasn't a Muslim. They would hide the fact that they were a Muslim, right? They would hide the fact that they said Allahu Akbar. They would hide that in the news report so you wouldn't actually see it because they didn't want you. They didn't want you to know that there was terrorism happening. That happened under Republican and Democratic presidents, by the way. But this is just, it's a mess. All right, we're going to talk about baby formula. The baby formula situation is getting even crazier. We're going to talk about this coming up. MNC News Time is 3.32. Some check out Impress Jewelry Creations, creating meaningful jewelry for the moments that will last a lifetime. This to the final phase. Industrial and commercial electrical done right. Casey Hendrickson.
And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Do you want to thank R&B Car Company locations in South Bend and Warsaw? R&B Car Company are your used car experts. I've I've got to get Michael Yawn back on the show. I'm going to reach out to him again this week. Um, I'm probably going to do the the early show with him so I can do a long form. But we had Michael Yawn on during the uh, the convoy, and I believe the convoy is is it in Indiana? Was it over the weekend or is it in Indiana this week? Because the convoy is still going. And I'm pretty sure it's nearby, like New Carlisle nearby. Um, but anyway, Michael Yawn came on. Of course, he's the legendary war correspondent. And he came on the show because he was traveling with the convoy. And this is just as things were getting going in Ukraine. And um, and he said, he's like, get food now. Stockpile now. I've seen this a million times. There's this prism that happens uh, before a, food, a famine. And I'm watching this prism. I've seen it you know, a million times before. You're about to have a famine. And, of course, we're, we're getting to that point now where even Goya Foods, the CEO, is like, hey, we're on the precipice of a major, major food supply issue here. And we have, you know, farms being bought up by Bill Gates, being bought up by China. We've got, you know, food processing plants being burned down left and right for months. Don't really understand what that's all about. Uh, you start having supply chain issues that Pete Buttigieg is refusing to address and fix. The Biden administration is refusing to address with supply. It's not just your Christmas gifts. It was all of the food and everything that was coming in, too. All of the raw ingredients that went into food and went into feeding your, your cattle and everything else. That stuff was an issue also. Those are all things that are still sitting in the ports. We don't talk about the ports anymore. Ports are still clogged. There's still a backlog of boats. They just don't like you you know, mentioning it anymore. But they're all still happening. Why? Biggest issue for this was the 100% tariff on those chassis. China makes Almost all of the chassis in the world, okay? These are the chassis that you load the shipping containers on, and they can be moved to the warehouse. They can be moved around the port. They can be put on the trucks. They can put up, up on the tra- uh, trains. Those chassis are almost exclusively made in China. And the Biden administration, at the request of a unionized shop in, in the United States, put a 100% tariff on those chassis. Well, the purchasing and supply of those chassis ground to a halt. This American company was going to pick up the slack. They can't. They don't have enough people. They don't have enough manpower. They don't make enough of them. They probably make better chassis. I'm all for making American chassis, but they didn't have the ability to fulfill the capacity that was needed. And as a result, backlogs happen. That has not been fixed. I mean, the the industry itself even asked the Biden administration to temporarily stop the 100% tariff just until the supply chain issue was done with. And they said, no. So again, it's almost like this is all by design. Every single week, we got at least two stories where I have to say that. So let's talk about the the formula issue, okay? Baby formula. Now, I want to address just a couple of the comments that I've been seeing online because, you know, there there are a few people out there like, how did we survive without baby formula? Here's the thing. I think it's fair to point out Not every woman can breastfeed, okay? Even if she produces milk, sometimes the baby just doesn't latch. It just doesn't work, okay? It's a thing. It's You you spend any time looking it up or you talk to any mother uh, who's had children, she will tell you that, yes, there is a very real issue with sometimes the children just do not latch and they're not going to get milk, okay? So you have to have formula. Yes, there is a massive push away from breastfeeding, 
by society, and it comes from two groups of people. Moralist religious freakazoids who think that it's immoral, okay? They're weirdos. And then the other people are the people who are pushing for, like, ultra third-wave feminist independence, okay? You don't need to be tied to that little bugger just because you gave birth to it. You can have a career. You can have a job. Buy formula. You don't have to pump. Pumping is inconvenient. Women can't be inconvenienced, so don't do it. So there's a whole couple of different issues here. So, yes, in large, society's gotten away from breastfeeding, um, but sometimes, it, and, and it's it's fairly common, women want to, but they can't, okay? So I just wanted to make that crystal clear out there because I'm seeing a lot of people kind of comment and assuming that it's just a choice, and while that's a big part of it, there's still a lot of women who can't do it. Now, with that said, we've got issues with the baby formula thing, and last week we exposed, we told you how, there's been a baby formula plant right there in Sturgis, Michigan. It's been closed for three months. And it's been closed for three months, even though it's one of the biggest plants to make baby formula in the entire country. Okay? It, it is a plant for the company that makes half of the country's supply of baby formula. So it is a major, major issue that this plant has not been pumping out <laughs> baby formula for the past three months. Now, why haven't they been pumping out baby formula for the past three months? Because the Biden administration won't let them reopen. Why won't the Biden administration let them reopen? Nobody knows. Literally nobody knows. Abbott, which is the company, is saying, we don't know why our facility is still closed. The FDA gave us the all clear. All of the tests proved that the the bacteria from the recalled baby formula, which, which did come from that company, but not that facility wasn't even an issue with their food. They believe it might have come from distilled water containers. We'll get into that here in just a second. There's actually no evidence that the contaminated baby formula we had an issue with back in February came from Abbott Foods. And it certainly didn't come out of this facility because the FDA checked. So it's been cleared. So why hasn't it been open all of these months making baby formula? Anybody? Anybody? It's almost like these things are planned, right? What does Bill Gates have to do with all of this? Hmm. Casey, you're going to talk about Bill Gates? That seems like a conspiracy. Well, no, it's not, but you have to ask the question. You have to ask if there's going to be a white knight on the horizon, some savior that's going to come out of, out of nowhere and save all of your starving babies, don't you? What if that guy was Bill Gates? And what if this has been a plan for many, many years? I'm just asking the question. We're going to go over that coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Casey Hendrickson. <laughs> On News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel, your breaking news and weather station. All right, I got to, let's, let's just go ahead and cue some audio here. I want you to listen, okay? I want you to listen. This is what, Brian Deese, I think is his name. I don't know who this guy, yeah, economic advisor. This is Biden's economic advisor, Brian Deese, okay? He's on It's Not News, at CNN. This is what he had to say about baby formula. I can't hear it. As a go. parent and with friends and, and colleagues, it was, we was aware that, that people were starting to have uh, trouble uh, in stores. Uh, but we were aware of this uh, from when uh, the FDA had to take its action back in February uh, with uh, Abbott and with uh, the steps in the Michigan facility. 
And we have had a team on this uh, from the FDA and in the interagency process since then. And the steps that I mentioned are steps that have been taken over the course of multiple weeks. And we are ramping those up. Okay, so you've known about this for months. And, of course, now the messaging is, this is after I already exposed that this facility was still closed down last week. The messaging now is, well, it's because we had to close the Abbott Food Facility in Surges, Michigan. That's why. Okay. The latest articles that you're getting over the weekend now are uh, the reason that you're having a baby formula shortage is because the baby formula uh, industry is controlled by three companies. Okay, well, nobody else wants to make baby formula. I don't tell you. Get uh, what's her bucket? Who's the uh, the actress with the honest stuff? Jessica Alba. Get her on it. She can make some some honest baby formula. She can do that. So for months they've known about this, and for months they're not no pre- preparation. No, hey, you want to maybe try and like ration your baby formula? Nothing like that, huh? Lots, lots, and lots of pallets. Lots of pallets going to the southern border. And, and here's this is this is Jen Psaki, who's now no longer there. Okay, Medusa's taking her place. Jen Psaki, now no longer the press secretary, but here she is having a conversation about the uh, the Abbott plant in Surges, Michigan. When will parents be able to get the formula they need? What is your best sense of when store shelves will be stocked again? Well, I think it's also important to note that the reason we're here is because the FDA took a step to ensure that babies were uh, taking safe formula. There were babies who died from taking this formula, so they were doing their jobs. We have been working, this administration has been working for weeks now to address in anticipation of where we thought there could be shortages. Um, We have also seen uh, an increase over the last four weeks of uh, supply available, which hasn't been an increase over the four weeks prior to the recall. Okay, once again, this goes back to babies were dying. And yes, a couple of children did die. There was like four infections, folks. Okay? And they shut down the Abbott plant. They did an investigation on the Abbott plant. We went over this last week. It was not the source of the infection. So once it was determined to not be the source of the infection, why did it remain closed? Abbott called out Saki saying that it was not true they went on an 11-tweet thread on Twitter. At the White House press conference today, the press secretary mistakenly said that our formulas were tainted and killed two infants. The deaths of these infants are a tragedy. The facts, however, are critical. A comprehensive investigation by Abbott, FDA, and CDC found no evidence that our formulas caused infant illness. Specifically, the CDC concluded its investigation with no findings of a link between our formulas and infant illness. We conduct microbiological testing on products prior to distribution and no Abbott formula distributed to consumers tested positive for the Chronobacter or Salmonella. All retained product tested by Abbott and the FDA during the inspection of the facility came back negative for both of those infections. No Salmonella was found at the Sturgis facility. The Chronobacter uh, Sakazaki that was found in environmental testing during the investigation is a non-product contact areas of the facility that has been linked in that that has not been linked to any known infant illness genetic sequencing on the two available samples from from ill infants did not match strains of the uh, the chronobacter in our plant samples from ill infants did not match match each other meaning that there was no connection between the two cases in all four cases the state the FDA or the CDC tested samples of the Abbott f- formula that was used by the child in all four cases. 
all unopened containers tested negative. Open containers from the homes of the infants were also tested in three of the four cases. Two of the three tested negative. The one positive was from an open container from the home of the infant, and it tested positive for two different strains of chronobacter, one of which matched the strain that caused the infant's infection, and the other matched the strain found on a bottle of distilled water in the home used to mix the formula. Again, neither strain matched strains found in our plant. The infants consumed four different types of our formula made over the course of nearly a year, and the illnesses took place over several months in three different states. The formula from this plant did not cause these infant illnesses. And again, the FDA gave it all clear on this. Now, according to NBC, this isn't just Abbott covering their backside. NBC News. Last month, however, the FDA and Center for Disease Control and Prevention told NBC News none of the bacterial strains taken at the Abbott plant match those collected from the infants. And the agencies haven't offered an explanation for how the contamination occurred. For its part, Abbott says this formula is not likely the source of infection. Okay. So the FDA is, I guess, saying that it's still investigating as of last month. But the CDC, the FDA, the state, or Abbott, they can't find any connection with any of the strains that hurt these infants to their facility in Sturgis, yet their facility in Sturgis remains closed? You realize four kids got sick, right? Out of how many millions of packages of baby formula? How many mothers right now are willing to take that risk to feed their kid? Why is this still closed? Clearly, it's not coming from the facility. So what's the point? Probably, I don't know, Bill Gates. What does Bill Gates have to do with any of this? I know I've already teased it again, but we had to set it up properly. What does Bill Gates have to do with this? Well, we'll tell you. Just a second. Don't go anywhere. I know that that's going to frustrate some of you, but let's be honest. You got nothing better to listen to this afternoon. I'm glorious. Go to rumble.com slash Casey, the host. Watch the live stream, theburningtruth.us. Sign up for the newsletter. More coming up now. WTRC. First step to the final phase. Industrial and commercial electrical done right. Casey Hendrickson. What I expect to have happen here, they were really popular when Brie was a baby. I'm expecting to see an awful lot of those make-your-own-baby food and baby formula products and and things like that to really pop up. Now, what I decided to do, because there's another component to this with the baby formula situation that I really want to to hit, because I think this is extremely important when I get into the Bill Gates stuff, okay? I went back, and I went just in a chronological order, okay? I went back just a few years. And just a few years ago, you know what was relatively accepted and had a lot of support? Making your own baby formula and food at home. And there were doctors and there were experts who would help you do it to where you didn't you know, use the wrong ingredients. Because again, babies have special needs, right? But you go back just a few years and you can see a lot of support for doing this. You know what you don't see right now? Any of that support. Go ahead and look. Go online right now and sort by, by the newest articles. Just do like the past month, okay? Sort by articles from the past month on uh, like homemade baby formula, okay? Just do a search on that. And you will see article after article after article. Experts say it's dangerous to make your own formula. Don't make your own formula. Make your own formula. Your baby's going to die. 
All of these variations of those headlines. New York Times right now, why doctors don't recommend homemade baby formula. They talk about how dangerous it is. Well, it can be if you don't do it right. Shouldn't the recommendation from these doctors be, if you're going to do it, you got to be really careful, so do it this way? (laughs) Shouldn't that be the recommendation as opposed to, hey, don't even try to feed your starving kid? Right? You realize the response on this is just, okay, there's no formula for my kid to eat. We've got news story after news story after news story after news story. Yeah, you can feed your kid. There are ways for you to feed your kid. I understand that. But, you know, there's a lot of people who haven't figured this out yet, and they're panicking. They're freaking out. (laughs) You got got the White House. Hey, if I can't find baby formula, what should I do? Oh, call your doctor. What? How much is your doctor going to charge you to come in and see them just so you can get some baby formula? Does your doctor even have baby formula? Why does your doctor have access to baby formula that you don't have access to? Why do illegal immigrants get pallets of baby formula down at the southern border, but you can't get them at your local grocery store? When we start asking some of these questions, I mean, at least Stefanik is is asking those questions. We'll get to that in a minute, too, because she really set Nancy Pelosi off. Oh, oh, oh. it's good stuff. When Nancy Pelosi gets angry and that dust cloud starts coming out of her mouth, it's it's amazing stuff. It's because she's older than dirt. Anyway. Skeletor's all bones now. But if you go back, seriously, do this, okay? Even on Google, you don't have to even go to an alternative search engine. Even on Google, if you go back just like a few years, like 2017, 2018, you will see all of these doctors and how to do your baby formula at home and why you should consider making your own baby formula. Because, again, the mass-produced baby formula, they're not perfect. They're lacking some things. You can make up for those lacking of things by doing this, maybe, You can mix the two together. It's a whole thing. But suddenly, right now, in the midst of an actual shortage where your kid's not going to eat, instead of the advice going, if you have to make it at home, here's how to do it right and safely. Instead of that being the advice, the advice is, don't do it. It'll kill your kid. I did a show not that long ago. It was an early show. It is one that my audience is telling me to push upon all of you. Just a few years ago, things that were considered grooming children and were an automatic fireable offense by teachers are now a part of the curriculum. Behavior with children that was seen as a red flag that they were being abused by a faculty member at school is now promoted behavior in the classroom. And you can go back and look at the articles that were written by the Washington Post and other newspapers just in 2017. And here we have the exact same scenario. Just a few years ago, yes, make your own baby formula. Here's how to do it safely and, and you know get your kid all the nutrients and avoid this thing because kids have a problem with this. And That's not happening right now. Right now they're telling you not to make it. They're not giving you an option for a recipe if your kid is starving to death. No, no, they're not doing that. Why don't they want you to even have the knowledge, should it get to that point, to feed your kid if you needed to with a homemade formula? Why aren't they putting that information out there? Anyone? Hmm. I wonder if Bill Gates has anything to do with it. A new and better breast milk alternative has arrived, and it claims to be helpful for the environment as well, because breast milk is super unhelpful for the environment. Yes, right. Ladies, if you breastfeed, you're killing the planet. 
Just like if you're can if you have cancer and you're seeking treatment and surgery, you're killing the planet. Did that story was last week? So Monday, maybe it was the week before on a Friday. This is within the last two weeks we did that story. So now there is a new environmentally friendly breast milk. Can't believe I just said that, but that's there's here's the thing. There are people who be like, oh my god, it's environmentally friendly. That's right, ladies. You're not environmentally friendly. Okay. This goes back to the whole. Um, I don't. I don't revisit the thing that I did last week. <clears throat> All right, I'm running out of time. Sorry. So there's a new firm called BioMilk, and they misspelled milk. They spelled it with a Q. BioMilk is artificially producing human breast milk from cultured human mammary uh, epithelial cells to be commercially available to consumers. The startup company has received $3.5 million from an investment fund that is co-founded by Bill Gates, Jeff Bezos. Richard Branson, and Mark Zuckerberg. Probably the foremost evil people on the planet. Four of the five. And then we started getting into the lesser evil people like Kim Jong-un and Putin. This is an article from 2020. January of 2020. Science Times. Biomilk. Huh. It's almost like they're setting it up <laughs> for for a white knight savior to come in. Don't make your own formula. We have biomilk. Hmm? These startup companies received $3.5 million in investments, yada, yada. Additionally, biomilk aims to provide a greener alternative for formula milk as an estimated 10% of the global dairy industry, which is a significant source of greenhouse gases, is used in manufacturing baby formula. Okay. Are you starting to... To maybe take your tinfoil hat off a little bit. I know it's Monday. I know it's not tinfoil Tuesday. And I'm hitting you with a conspiracy theory here. But maybe if you just take a step back, okay? If you take a step back and you look at everything else that has happened, where there's been an artificially created supply issue in order to what? Have somebody from the Biden administration kind of hop up to the little podium and say, you know what? There is a shortage. Yeah, we can fix it, but we're probably not going to fix this. You should probably just buy an electric car, or you should probably just do this, or you should probably just do that. Isn't it interesting that they you keep having these manufactured shortages, which are clearly preventable. As we've just highlighted for you, this baby formula shortage is a preventable shortage. It is one that should have been fixed months ago, hasn't been, yet the Biden administration says they've been working on it for months. Yet they don't have an answer for it? Come on. Like, that's not intentional? The supply chain issues with the chassis was intentional? The port hours were intentional? Not allowing trucks to get into the state of California because they didn't meet the right environmental regulations? Was, again, this is all intentional. So suddenly, you've got an environmental angle again because every one of those shortages was an environmental issue. Suddenly, you've got an environmental issue with baby formula. And I'm just waiting for the moment, and I don't know if it's going to happen, but I'm just waiting for the moment that Biomilk comes out and says, we have enough to fix the supply problem. Ladies and gentlemen, here, take it. And I wouldn't be surprised if they got a rushed, super sped through FDA approval. I just, you know, something to... I don't know. It's not like we've never seen that before, right? We've never seen like a rushed FDA approval for anything before. 
So I'm just I'm just waiting for it to happen. Where Biomilk is just like, yeah, well, we've already lost 5,000 babies in starvation, and we can totally fix this problem, but the FDA has to give us approval. Crowds clamor for emergency approval. The FDA gives emergency approval. Next thing you know, you got Biomilk in your kit. Soy rich, uh, soy, uh, an extra soy enriched diet. Soy, which happens to be extremely toxic for children, but, you know, at least it's more environment, environmentally friendly. Good no more coming up. 95.3 MNC. Casey Hendrickson. Smith. And I'm John Zimney. The Indy 500, two weeks away, but the Undy 500, Saturday in South Bend. We have details first thing Tuesday. 95.3 MNC. All right, we got a caller saying that construction out front of uh, Northridge High School is causing massive delays over there. So probably avoid Northridge High School if you can because of that construction traffic. And thank you for calling that in. Do appreciate it. If you have any more traffic updates, you can give us a call, 574-2595-953. If you look at the biomilk stock, it is being set up perfectly for a a big buy-off. I'm just saying. It's down down 74% year-to-date. And it's just one of those things where it's either going to fail <laughs> or that you're setting up for the people in the know to start buying it low and making a, a hefty profit. So just, just, I'm just, it could be either one of those things. I am, I am certainly not accusing people in Washington, D.C. of having an investment stake in a brand new company that has the four richest people in the, well, four of the richest people in the country investing in. Would, would never suggest there'd be insider trading or anything like that possibly happening. So at least Stefanik, who's amazing from New York, um, she she blasted the Biden administration for the formula shortage. And and again, you know, she's <clears throat> she says, look, um, here's the thing. The FDA has known about this since February. You got two members of the Biden administration, including the economic advisor and the White House press secretary, saying we've known about this since February. We've known it was coming. We've been strategizing for it. And I suppose if you're a mom out there who's concerned about supply of baby formula, you're probably looking at this and you're going, well, if you've known about it since February, why haven't you done anything about it? And if you're a logical human being, you're going, well, if the FDA and the CDC and the states and the company itself can't tie any of the four infections that happen with babies to the Abbott facility in Sturgis, Michigan, why is the facility still closed? All great questions. All fantastic questions, ladies and gentlemen. And you have, I suppose you have to ask why. Why are illegal immigrants getting pallets of formula? That's what Stefanik was saying. She's like, uh, why are we sending pallets of formula down to the border? We've, we've, got, we've got American moms who can't get... Didn't she just have a baby? I think Stefanik just had a baby. So she's probably really into this fight right now. But, um, but she's pointed out... We've known about this shortage for months. I haven't done anything to fix it, which seems to be the Biden administration MO on anything, right? We knew that supply chain issue was going to happen, but we didn't fix it, right, Pete? Right, Pete? By the way, Pete Buttigieg is taking Smart Streets National. We're going to talk about that here at 430. <laughs> Good God. Um, now, Pelosi, cue my audio, please. Pelosi, a.k.a. Skeletor. She was asked about Stefanik by George Snuffleupagus. Okay, George Snuffleupagus asked her about Stefanik saying, hey, you're sending pallets of this stuff down to the southern border. There's American moms who don't have baby formula. What's the deal? Now, here's Nancy Pelosi. 
Many families are also facing this baby formula shortage right now, dire shortage across the country. Uh, Congresswoman Elise Stefanik, Republican here from here in New York, is laying this on President Biden and his shipping of pallets of baby formula to the southern border. She has a tweet right there where she says, as American families face empty shelves, this is unacceptable. Is that why we're facing this shortage? As usual, her statement is totally irresponsible. Babies are crying. We need to get them food. And the president has it. Now, what we're doing this week uh, in the Congress is, again, Bobby Scott, chair of the uh, Education Labor Committee, that's the jurisdiction, that will lower uh, some of the regulations, et cetera, so that it's easier to buy it. Fifty percent of the uh, of, of WIC, 50 percent of the Women, Infants, and Children's Program. WIC. And so loosening that. But in addition to that, Rosa DeLauro, who's been on this case for a while, she was the chair of the uh, Agriculture Subcommittee of Appropriations when she, now she's chair of the whole committee. But she has been working on this to have some funding so that we can immediately purchase overseas. There are four countries, Chile, Mexico, uh, um, Ireland, and the Netherlands that have supply that might be available to us. The president is... Okay, let me just... Let me just back this up here before I translate that gobbledygook, since it was very difficult to understand her. Do you realize that Nancy Pelosi just said it was better for us to buy baby formula from Mexico and Chile than to reopen the Sturgis plant? You realize the baby formula shortage would be over in a couple of days if you reopen the Sturgis plant? You realize that? And yet it is a better option to buy from Mexico and Chile than to reopen the plant in Sturgis, Michigan. I know it's Monday. Look, I'm going to repeat myself because it's a Monday because some of you are not picking up on the nuance here. It is less of a risk to your child's health to buy baby formula from Mexico and Chile than to just reopen the plant in Sturgis, Michigan, which is not connected to the outbreak in February. Did you pick up on the nuance there? It's better for us to buy from third world countries overseas where we don't control the regulations of the baby formula? We don't know what's in the baby formula there. It's better for us to do that than to just reopen the plant in Michigan. Really? She called uh, Stefanik's comments irresponsible. We got babies crying. We got to send them food. Okay, the point was you shouldn't be letting all of those illegal immigrant babies into the country to begin with so there wouldn't need any baby formula. Nobody's advocating to let, you know, children at the border starve to death, but they should get second fiddle. Maybe, maybe they should get the baby formula purchased from Mexico and Chile while American babies get the stuff that's made here since we have higher standards in everything. Just code enforcement, generally not being a bleephole country, right? Shouldn't that, shouldn't that kind of be the, the way that we think about this? But instead, the illegal alien babies get the American formula while American babies go without, and to make up for that, we buy... Formula from third world countries that don't have the same standards as we have? This is the this is the bill of goods you're being sold? Really? 
Now, inevitably, there's somebody out there going, come on, Casey, they make a good baby formula in Mexico. There's a bunch of people alive in Mexico. First of all, um, Hispanic families tend to breastfeed. But beyond that, beyond that, you are given a choice. Your baby hasn't eaten in 10 hours. You're given a choice. You take the Mexican baby formula, the American baby formula. That's right. You take the American baby formula every day of the week if you have the option. You know it. I know it. Everybody else knows it. So give the illegal immigrants at the southern border the Mexican stuff. Take the the American stuff back from the border and give it to American kids. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) What an amazing... What an amazing comment. Like, we need more tax dollars to get funding to buy formula. You would think that the United States of America could at least be unified on being baby formula independent. We are not even baby formula independent anymore under Joe Biden. We were under Trump. Tons of baby formula. The best baby formula ever. My God. All right. So we got to talk about Pete Buttigieg because he's, uh, yeah, he's sucking on the national level too. I already know that you know that. But uh, Pete Buttigieg, who has no issue with getting his baby formula, is also taking Smart Streets National with that announcement over the weekend. We'll talk about that coming up. 95.3 MNC. MNC News Time is 431. Time to check out Impress Jewelry Creations, creating meaningful jewelry for the moments that will last a lifetime. This is Michiana's breaking news. And what tip that foot from the first step to the final phase. Industrial and commercial electrical done right. Casey Hendrickson. Hey, good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. Our great national embarrassment. Notice Pete Buttigieg continues. We'll talk about that here in just a couple of minutes. I want to thank R&B Car Company. Locations in South Bend and Warsaw, R&B Car Company, are your used car experts. You can find them online at rbcarcompany.com. Okie dokie. I tried warning everybody. I did my level best. I went on Tucker Carlson not once but twice and told everybody to look out for this stuff. It was going to happen. Pete Buttigieg has unveiled a plan over the weekend. What is the plan for? Oh, according to the Associated Press, the plan is to get Americans out of their cars and into public transportation. I, I'm I'm sorry, uh, Ben. How long have you been with me? What two weeks? Yeah. You've heard me say that how many times now? A couple times, right? Plenty. Yeah. Uh huh. Told you. Hashtag told you. Hmm. Here we go. Smart streets for the world. Well, for the country. Last month, Transportation Secretary Pete, I don't have any trouble getting my baby formula Judge, made it abundantly clear that the Biden administration doesn't really care that Americans are paying record high prices for gas because it will only force a transition to a clean energy future. And again, on a grid that can't sustain it. If we had nuclear power, the grid could sustain moving to electric vehicles. But we don't, so it can't. Guess who opposes building new nuclear reactors in this country? Pete Buttigieg. That's right. Remember when he filled out the little camp- uh, the campaign questionnaire about all of that stuff? And do you want less nuclear reactors, more nuclear reactors? You just want to keep them the same? He said he just wants to keep them the same. He doesn't, want to, he doesn't want to do anything else. Remember that? Of course you don't. I'm the only one who told you about it. Buttigieg has also made it clear that the left's plans will involve some nudging to take place. All right, here's the AP. This is their tweet. 
The Biden administration is steering $5 billion to cities and localities to address traffic debts. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg wants to spur plans to slow down cars, spur plans to slow down cars. I know it's Monday. He wants to slow down cars, create bike paths, wider sidewalks, and nudge people to public transportation. I'm sorry. Where have we heard that before? That's right, downtown South Bend. That's smart streets, basically. We're going to go ahead and we're going to widen the bike path. We're going to widen the sidewalks. We're going to narrow those roads down to slow down the traffic. Yeah, remember Pete Buttigieg lying to everybody about slowing down traffic in, in downtown South Bend? I'm not slowing traffic down. I'm speeding traffic up. That's what I'm doing. And then, of course, traffic slowed down. And then he said, you're not really slowed down. You're only slowed down like two minutes. It's not a big deal. That's that's a, that's a small price to pay for beautifying downtown South Bend, right? And then finally he admitted months afterwards that, yeah, the goal was to slow traffic down. <laughs> Now he wants to, he wants, he's basically doing smart streets on a national scale. Thinner roads, wider sidewalks, add bike paths everywhere. Because everybody needs a bike path in a good chunk of the country in which you can only bike half of the year. It makes total sense. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg on Monday announced availability of Monday over five years under his department's new Safe, safe Streets and Roads for All program. Well, at least he didn't keep the name Smart Streets because he knew that that was a non-starter. Safe Streets and Roads for All program. Try telling you. The aim will be to provide a direct infusion of federal cash to communities that pledge to promote safety for the multiple users of a roadway, particularly pedestrians and bicyclists. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I come from Las Vegas, Nevada. There is no city on God's green earth that has a bigger pedestrian safety hazard than Las Vegas, Nevada. Anybody out there listening to this show in New York or Chicago, you can keep your mouth shut because it ain't true. Las Vegas has a much bigger pedestrian issue than any of those cities have. You know what Las Vegas decided to do because too many people were getting hit by cars? You see, it turns out when pedestrians constantly run against the grain of of traffic and don't obey the, the traffic lights and stuff like that, it turns out that people just run them over. True story. You know what they did? They started building pathways that were not on the street. So you can actually walk around good chunks of Las Vegas now without risking getting hit by a car. Do you think Pete Buttigieg consulted the one person he knows from the pedestrian capital of the country about this? Of course he did. Why would he call me? Would I help him if he called? Absolutely I would help him if he called me. And then I would tell everybody about how Pete Buttigieg needed a Republican or a conservative to help him out. He wouldn't like that very much. So all you have to do is pledge to protect pedestrians, and then you can get some of this money, right? Federal data being released this week by the Transportation Department is expected to show another big jump in U.S. traffic deaths through 2021, reflecting continued risky driving that began when the coronavirus pandemic in March 2020. Fatalities among pedestrians and cyclists have been rising faster than those within vehicles. Well, there's a good chance that a lot of those are probably suicides. I don't know, Um, but there's probably some good, good data that would suggest that, considering the increase in suicides that have happened as a result of the lockdowns of the pandemic. Um, but again, the whole issue is to nudge you out of your car. So I told you, did I, did I not? I told you, they want you to buy an electric car. And then they're going to tell you the electric car is too much for the grid. 
and then they're going to shut down your electric car because electric cars are going to be shut down remotely, and then they're going to force you to get on public transport. They're like, Obviously, they can't do this everywhere, but they can do this in major urban areas, and that is exactly what this plan is set up to do. Exactly what it's set up to do. Uh, Jim Treacher, who's from Indianapolis, we just came out of a pandemic, and now this idiot wants to cram us all into trains. It's also a valid point. Didn't, like, the dingus mayor of Detroit say that it's time to start wearing a mask inside again today? And yeah, <laughs> we came out of a pandemic. Let's just go back on trains. Exactly. Wouldn't have had a pandemic if you weren't on trains. I wonder how many, I wonder how many people who live off-grid and don't see anybody outside of their immediate family, I wonder how many of them caught COVID. Just, just a thought. Just I don't know. Just... Just wondering. Uh, somebody else said, this isn't about traffic deaths. It is about control and making everyone dependent on government. Yep. Exactly. Matt Whitlock, apparently the Biden administration hasn't learned any lessons from trying to nudge people out of cars for the last year by driving up fuel prices and trying to guilt people in electric cars they can't afford. No, of course not. This is The goal has always been to get you on public transportation. The goal has always been to do that. There is... Right now, okay, I am causing a brain aneurysm in two people who are listening to this show because there are only two people in the entire area who think that Smart Streets was a good idea. And both of those people are listening to me right now, very upset that I'm even bringing up Smart Streets. But this is Smart Streets. It's just a national plan now. Shrink the roads, increase the sidewalks, increase bicycle paths, slow traffic down. What is a what does a traffic jam do for the the environment again? What is a what does a traffic jam do for the environment? That's right, bad for the environment, right? According to all the eco nuts out there, being in a traffic jam increases your greenhouse gas emissions and destroys the planet. Oh, but not if you're an electric vehicle case. Again, those electric vehicles that nobody can afford. I don't know what being in a traffic jam does for the longevity of your electric vehicle. I don't know what the impact is. I know that some of you out there who listen drive. Um, electric cars, including a buddy of mine who drives the uh, the Mustang. So, I mean, let me know. Does a traffic jam dramatically affect your range or not? I, I would be interested to know that. I would assume that it wouldn't, but I don't know. Try telling you folks this was always the plan and that Pete Buttigieg was going to do this, and that is exactly what he did. We joked about it the moment we learned that he was going to be the nominee for Transportation Secretary said, you watch, you will propose smart streets for the entire country. It is exactly what happened. You realize I have called this guy's entire political career the entire thing when I was just a brand new radio host in this community for like two weeks and I interviewed candidate Buttigieg. Remember that? It's scary how accurate I am about this guy. Honestly, she's all start listening to me. We got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Midnight on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel, your breaking news and weather station. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. I got a personal story to tell here. Uh, this is just a call that we got not that long ago, and I think this is pretty cool. And wanted to share this. A bit of history. Wilbur E. Lawson is look. Did, did they say what city? Here, just local. Okay. Well, we don't even know the city. Oh. It's, uh, it's 
Well, I'm assuming he's in Michiana. The neighbor called us. Okay. So Wilbert E. Lawson, their neighbor called us. And the neighbor called us and, and said that um, Wilbert E. Lawson was born on May 19th, 1922. And will be turning 100 years old here this week. And was a was a gunner in a B-17 for the mighty 8th Air Force. That's pretty cool. That is pretty awesome. So um, very, very cool. You can actually, I don't know if you're aware of this, but there is a whole thing uh, with the the uh, Aerospace Museum for the Mighty Eighth, and you go to mighty8th.org. They've got a whole thing about the Mighty Eighth. It's really cool, including a combat gallery and um, you know those who sacrificed their lives and, and everything else uh, in in the war. So very very cool to see that. So he's gonna be turning a hundred years old this week, right here in our community. That's that's awesome, man. Thank you. So whoever neighbor guy is, uh, thank you for telling us about Wilbur and his uh, his awesome exploits here. So it's good to hear those stories. And don't again, it's it's I mean, getting to a hundred is a big deal. Having to be a World War II veteran who who did, in in my opinion, one of the coolest jobs in all of history, one of the most dangerous jobs in all of history, and being a gunner in a B seventeen. That's an amazing story right there. So happy birthday to uh, to Wilbur, even though he'll probably never hear this. So, if you if you see the video of the podcast, it came at four fifty three. Uh, go grab it and and uh, send it to him. All right. Oh, so much, so much to talk about. I I I've, I could go on this Pete Buttigieg stuff forever. I could, but I think that I've driven home the point. So I'm just going to tell you how Pete Buttigieg is also trying to kill the planet. Okay, I've had this story for a little while now, and I didn't I didn't bring it up yet i was hoping to get to it maybe on the early show or anything like that you realize that we we have now discovered what causes allegedly we've discovered what causes more atlantic hurricanes because every year they predict record hurricanes and everything else although this has been a pretty active tornado season um they're always predicting this stuff but they're always falling short we've had less hurricanes not more over the past 10 years we've had less hurricane uh, tornadoes not more over the last 10 years and one of the things we're trying to figure out is how do we predict these things, right? What are some of the indicators of predicting when we're going to have really, really bad tornadoes, really bad hurricanes and that sort of stuff? Is there even a way to predict it? And they always like to tell you that it's, oh, it's environmental issues. It's your hairspray. It's your SUV. It's the, the, the hamburger that you eat farting too much before you grind it up. You know, it's all of these things that are causing the planet to, to go haywire. And it's not the you know, massive volcanic eruption or, you know, the giant, orange ball of light in the sky, which has caused global warming on every planet in the solar system. Uh, just, you know, one of those things. But they've actually come up with a study, which comes out of Japan. So, you know, it's probably less influenced, less influenced by your normal craziness in Europe and, and the United States, because a lot of science is politically influenced here. But this study... Uh, came out. Um, well, it was actually conducted by NOAA, but I think it it has origins in Japan. But anyway, it was published, and they actually found out that there is a an increase in Atlantic hurricanes when the air is cleaner. So um, they want you to get electric vehicles and to get on public transportation to clean the air and to prevent global warming, but that will give you more Atlantic hurricanes. Which they will then blame on what? Because they'll blame it on something. So if everybody tomorrow converted to an electric vehicle, okay, 
if the power grid all converted to renewables and we had more hurricanes in the Atlantic, what would they blame it on? That would be the question. What would they actually blame that on? Very interesting research, though. Uh, Over the past 40 years, uh, anthropogenic aerosols have been substantially decreasing over Europe and the United States owing to pollution control measures, whereas they have increased in South and East Asia because of the economic and industrial growth in these regions. However, it is not yet clear how the changes in those aerosols have altered global tropical cyclone activity. In this study, we revealed that that the decreases in aerosols over Europe and the U.S. have contributed to significant decreases in TCs over the Southern Hemisphere, as well as increases, increases, increases in TCs over the North Atlantic. Huh. Whereas the increases in aerosols in South and East Asia have exerted substantial decreases in the TCs over the Western North Pacific, these results suggest that how society controls future emissions of these aerosols will exert a substantial impact on the world's TC activity. Well, there you go. Cool. So if you want clean air, that's fine. You just got to deal with more Atlantic hurricanes. The good news is that it's just the Atlantic, and really anything touching the Atlantic is, is you know, with the exception of Florida. Not great. So Florida is the only one that's awesome. Everything else is, I'll give North Carolina to you, okay? There are parts of North Carolina that are amazing. Most of it, not so much. There's like one part of South Carolina that's cool, but the rest of it, not 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 so much. You, you can deal without it. But Florida is amazing. Got to save Florida no matter what. But there you go. So either pollute or have hurricanes. You pick. It's your choice. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know which one you're going to choose. Doesn't affect me much yet until I move to Florida. Which... Who knows when that could happen, if ever. Go to rumble.com slash Casey the host. Rumble.com slash Casey the host. Hit that subscribe button, please. Definitely check out some of the early shows that ran last week. I'm told they were great. I am objectively not sure, but I'm told that they were really good. So go check them out from last week. And of course, you can subscribe, get the early show, get the regular show, get other content that goes up there as well. And uh, theburningtruth.us, sign up for that newsletter. Big things changing on that website soon. WTR. Industrial and commercial electrical done right. Casey Hendrickson. Oh, speaking of supply chain issues, the current diesel fuel shortage, again, totally not intentional in any way by this administration, the current diesel shortage. Uh, is worse than the 1970s fuel crisis. Dope. Guess what? Guess what a diesel fuel shortage does? Means you don't get food delivered. <sighs> All right. That's just, <laughs> just. Oh my god. Over the past few months, the global food supply has been spiraling towards disaster. At least. These latest events are being labeled by many pundits as a deliberate attack on our already vulnerable food supply. And again, you've heard me say this a million times on the show. It's almost like this was by design. And I don't know how I don't know how else you get here, folks. I really don't. And I'm using the words of people who serve in this administration when they were both in this administration, outside of this administration, when they were in the, the private sector, and also when they were with the Obama administration. There's a lot of holdovers from the Obama administration. Remember, they celebrated the high price of gas. They wanted the price of gas to go higher so you would go buy a hybrid. And now they're basically saying the same thing about you buying an electric vehicle. 
I'm just, I have to use their own words. I got to take them at their own word. If they're lying, they're lying, but I have to take them at their own word. When they tell me that it's a good thing to have these high fuel prices because it'll force changes in your behavior, you have to start wondering if stuff like this, when it creeps up, is intentional. And they can pretend it's not intentional all they want. The Biden administration comes in the first day they shut down the Keystone Pipeline while approving the Russian pipeline. Now Russia's got funding for their war in Ukraine, but we still don't have a fuel supply. It causes havoc in Europe with our allies and, and everything else. I mean, it's just, it's it's a mess. You realize, okay, for those of you who don't know, I know that I've said this on the show before, but for those of you who don't know, do you remember what the deal was when, when Trump looked at Putin and said, if you attack Ukraine, I'm going to bomb Moscow? You remember what the deal was? You're going to let the pipeline go through Ukraine. So Russia's pipeline, the reason that Trump didn't approve it was Russia wanted the pipeline to go directly into Europe, which is what Biden approved. Trump wanted it to go through Ukraine. You know what happens if it goes through Ukraine? There's no war in Ukraine. Trump tried to prevent the war in Ukraine. You can accept that whether you like the guy or not, but that was a part of the deal. You route your pipeline through Ukraine and we'll sign off on it. If the pipeline goes through Ukraine, Russia then has a serious tactical issue with dealing with Ukraine because the pipeline goes through there. Does Russia want to interrupt the pipeline? Does Russia want to allow the Ukrainians to interrupt their supply of of oil, which would, of course, diminish their war funds? Of course not. Biden comes in, kills the Keystone XL pipeline, approves the Russian pipeline, does a bunch of other pro-Russian, pro-China moves, right? And we start getting ourselves into a real real bit of a bad way here when it comes to energy supply. And now it's a diesel issue as well. According to industry expert, experts, excuse me, the East Coast of the U.S. is reporting its lowest seasonal diesel inventory on record. And the shortage is about to cripple an already fragile supply chain. We're really heading for a bad situation if we can't get this fixed. That's Joe Kane. He's a truck driver to WBAL-TV 11 News. As an owner-operator, you might have to stop driving at all or go to work for somebody else. We won't know. We might we might all be on unemployment soon. So the East Coast diesel supplies are the lowest in almost 20 years. Truck associations say that diesel fuel now surpasses labor as the industry's number one expense, and the coming fuel shortage could already be devastating. If we don't have diesel, then we can't run. That's Lewis uh, Campion, president and CEO of the Maryland Motor Truck Association. Again, this is WBAL. This is in Baltimore. It's giving them concern. That's certainly giving us a, a lot of concern about the potential and ability to purchase fuel at the pump or rationing on fuel or anything that could occur. Guess you got to start learning how to make biodiesel. Because I don't, I don't know what else. You know how much diesel costs on average on the East Coast right now? $5.90 a gallon. That is up 63% from the beginning of the year. Again, Joe Biden administration just talking about regular consumer-grade gasoline now. Joe Biden administration does the Keystone Pipeline. They approve the Russian stuff. Okay, uh, They then beg Russia to give them give them oil and gas. Okay, Russia doesn't do that. They then look at begging Venezuela to give us, to give us gas. Venezuela hates our guts. Okay, just a couple of years ago, they were talking about how uh, the evil empirical uh, Americans were the ones that were causing their economic strife, and it wasn't their communist regime there that was causing mass starvation. And now here we come to be the saviors of Venezuela, for crying out loud. Um, and then we've got them blaming the oil companies 
for price gouging. The oil companies are not price gouging. We've already been over these numbers. It's a total lie. It's a lie that they always say. It's easily debunked. Then they blame the oil companies for not drilling on land that they had leases for, which we debunked. And then the oil companies debunked as well. It's not true. And then they said, we don't need to issue more leases, but we're happy to do so. But they're not drilling on any of the leases. And then what do they do? They cancel all of the the leases in the Gulf of Mexico and in Alaska. They canceled them. They just did that, what, the beginning of last week? Something like that? Maybe the week before? Everything that they say is, is it's untrustworthy at this point in time. An executive at Fuel Price Site Gas Buddy, Patrick DeHaan, recently reported that retail truck stops have begun hauling large amounts of fuel from the Great Lakes to the Northeast. But what is that going to do with the local fuel supply here? They're, they're, taking, they're taking diesel from the Midwest and they're shipping it back to the East because they don't have any fuel in the East. And we're a big manufacturing hub for it. Refining hub, whatever you want to say. Uh, let's see, what else do we have here? Uh, Greg Fuller. Problem is oil is being diverted, not imported, between here and Europe due to U.S. committing to feed Europe with fuel so it can wean off of Russian fuel. This will affect gas and diesel. The southeast will likely be fine due to pipeline, but the diversion is almost happening to fuel typically bound for northeast states. Could last through the summer unless the U.S. pulls back from supporting fuel in Europe. And, of course, we don't. We could we could easily do what we're doing in Europe to offset Russia. We could do that ourselves if Biden hadn't stopped doing it. So now you've got states like Montana that are taking it in their their own hands. They're saying, "All right, well, screw the federal government. We're gonna we're gonna allow private companies to start doing this again." This happened under the Obama administration. Okay, the Obama administration shut off federal leases for oil. And the private sector basically went to the states, and the states started allowing them to drill in the states on state land. And during the Obama years, we started to build the infrastructure to become energy independent in spite of him, not because of him. They did an end run around him because, remember, there was, under the Bush administration, there was massive uh, price of, of fuel that shot up at one point. Of course, that was because of George Bush's big oil allies, according to leftists. When the same thing happened, but the price was higher under under Obama, it was completely out of his hands. He had nothing to do with it. It wasn't his big oil allies or anything like that. It was really just his energy policy was crap. And then you've got a lot of those same people held over in the Biden administration. You're seeing the same exact problem. So again, I have to revert back to those people who are in the Obama administration when they told you that the goal was to get price the price of gas high so you would get out of your, your car your clunker, as they called them, and you would get into a hybrid, you have to wonder if that's the same thing here. Now, this is twofold. Liberals in this country hate diesel. They hate it. This is one way to get rid of diesel. It's also another way to beat those war drums a little bit. Hey, uh, yeah, Ukraine's you know doing okay, but we might have to get involved just to beat the tar out of Russia that much faster just so we can get the, the flow of oil and gas again. Keep an eye on this. This is not this is not pleasant. This all means food shortages and supply chain issues. Who's responsible for supply chain again? Pete judges. Told you. Got more coming up. 95.3 MNC. Casey Hendrickson. 
Smith. And I'm John Zimney. The Indy 500, two weeks away, but the Undy 500, Saturday in South Bend. We have details first thing Tuesday, 95.3 MNC. I feel like Tinfoil Tuesday is every day now. So I think that if we get the Reynolds Wrap endorsement, I think we could just do live reads five days a week now. I'm going to give you a conspiracy theory. This is an actual conspiracy theory, okay? This is one that I'm coming up with. I haven't heard anybody else talk about this. Maybe it's come up. I don't know. I think that this would be an easy one for people to pick up on. But I'm going to give you a conspiracy theory. And it involves Peloton. You know Peloton? They make that really expensive exercise machine for your home. And um, I've defended their ads because they, they made that really good ad where people were, you know, given a Peloton for Christmas. And then feminists said, oh, that was a horrible sexist thing and yada, yada, yada. Um, but Peloton, I have an issue with their business model. But if it works for them, it works for them, right? So you buy a really expensive piece of exercise equipment. And then you can't use that really exp- expensive piece of exercise equipment unless you have a very expensive monthly membership to something. And I'm sorry, but that's, to me... That's a ripoff. I don't think that's an appropriate business model, so I don't buy a Peloton, all right? But there are a lot of people who love Peloton, and they love having those services. Okay, fine. Are you aware that Peloton stock, okay, let's go back to July 21st of 2021, all right? July, not quite a year. Can we, can we get to about a year? Yeah, I just want to I just want to stay with July. Okay, July 21, 2021. Their stock at Pelican, uh, Pelican, Peloton, excuse me, was trading at $126.43. Pretty good, right? $126.43 in July of 2021. Do you know what it is trading at now today? $15.48. Do you know what it was at on the 12th? $13.62. So just to give you an idea here, Peloton was trading at $126 in 2021, and now it is trading at 15 bucks. Hey, Ben, it's been a while since I've been in school. You're younger than I am. $126 is still a lot higher than 15 bucks, right? Okay, Ben says yes. So in other words, Peloton stock over the past year It's down 83%. That sounds like a business that is about to implode. Do you know what we had the past couple of weeks? We had news articles about how Peloton might be going out of business. Your expensive Peloton machine might be a giant brick here soon because Peloton was crashing and burning. Okay. Then something weird happens. I don't know how many of you picked up on this. All right, it, it seems like a small story, but I'm telling you it's not. Peloton goes from trading at $126 plus a year ago to trading for $15 now. News stories about Peloton going out of business. The company is, is on fire. We don't know what's going to happen with Peloton, but it looks real bad, right? All the past two weeks, there's been stories about Peloton crashing and burning. And then what do we have over the weekend? The House of Representatives is going to give staff free Peloton memberships, which, of course, the taxpayers pay for. Um, Excuse me? Now, they have free gym memberships there, by the way. There's a gym at the Capitol. Like, you can go to the Capitol and work out as a staffer for free. You don't have to worry about that. But here's the thing. 
Why are they getting Pelotons? Peloton, very expensive piece of equipment, which again, requires the membership, which you also have to pay for. You can get $200, $300 ellipticals and give them to people or treadmills or whatever you want to do, okay? Heck, you can give your staffers choice. You want a Stairmaster, you want a elliptical, run machine. You can give them a choice. You will still save money. Even though I don't think the taxpayers should pay for this, you'll still save money. So how? just follow what I'm going here. I got four minutes to explain this to you. For the past two weeks, the news feeds have been ablaze with Peloton is a collapsing company. Went from trading $126 a share last year to trading for $15 now. It is down over 83% in the past year in stock value. And then all of a sudden you find out that every congressional staffer, every congressional staffer is going to get a free Peloton and you're paying for it. You, the taxpayer, who totally don't need to spend this taxpayer money on anything else, right? There's nothing else going on that the federal government needs this taxpayer money for. Oh, that's weird. All right, just follow with me down the rabbit hole here. Let's go to Open Secrets, shall we? You know what Open Secrets has been? Oh, okay. Some of you don't know what Open Secrets is. Open Secrets is where all of the money comes from in politics. All right, cool. Let's let's go back to 2016. Oh, look at this. Peloton donated 100% to Democrats in 2016. Oh, Weird. Hey, let's go to 2018. 99.74% of their donations went to Democrats. Oh, strange. Let's go to 2020. Would you look at that? Over 90% went to Democrats. Only 0.12% went to Republicans. A whopping $228 went to Republicans in the entire 2020 election cycle from Peloton's political donations. That's a little strange, don't you think? Huh? Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? I got three minutes to explain this to you now. Do you understand what I'm saying? You have a company that is crashing and burning, and then all of a sudden there appears to be a bailout of said company with your taxpayer dollars to give an injection of new sales to a company that is going out of business. It is literally in free fall. And it just so happens that that company's political donations, which have increased substantially over the past few election cycles, I might add, went from really minor player to ah, a couple hundred thousand dollars getting in there. All of a sudden, every staffer is going to get a free Peloton and you're paying for it. And who's the majority party again? Oh, that's right. The Democrats are the majority party. Oh, what a strange series of coincidences, don't you think? It's almost, it's almost like, and again, I would never accuse anybody in Washington, D.C. of insider trading. I would never, I would never accuse anybody of buying, you know, Peloton stock at $15 and then giving them a big giant government contract or anything like that. If only that there was a tool that we could look at like, oh, I don't know, QuiverQuant, and we'll be watching QuiverQuant to see what members of Congress are investing in. Can't wait to pull that data up this week. You think QuiverQuant's going to show a bunch of members of Congress investing in Peloton? Anyone? You think maybe that's going to happen? I'd be willing to bet Ben's annual salary on that. All $300, man. That's more than they donated to Republicans. <laughs> you got a failing company who's going out of business in free fall, suddenly gets a government bailout? 
of sales to staffers, and it just so happens that the majority party is the almost exclusive recipient of that particular company's political donations. Golf clap. Golf clap. Bravo, Peloton. I mean, whoever made that phone call groveling and whatever you had to give to Nancy Pelosi to whip this up, oh, holy smoke. I mean, technically, she didn't whip it up. She gave it She gave it to somebody else, but I forget who the majority whip is in the house. I don't really care. Somebody's going to email me and I Whatever. I could look it up. I'm too lazy. It's not important. <laughs> Do you not see what's happening? Okay, so you put your tinfoil hat back on. Yeah, okay. If you don't think that that is orchestrated, I'm sorry. You're dumb. MNC News Time 531. Take your hard earned money someplace that's actually going to respect you and give you a high quality product in return. Go to Impress Jewelry Creations, creating meaningful jewelry for the moments that will last a lifetime. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. <laughs> Sorry. I just, this Peloton thing. Like, I can't get over it. I, I, I'm sitting here. I'm going through the headlines from the beginning of this year about Peloton and just even a couple of weeks ago and even Peloton saying, Hey, turnarounds are, are hard. Sometimes they're impossible. Like Peloton's out there six days ago telling you that they may not be able to turn their company around. And then over the weekend, you get an announcement that they suddenly have a sweetheart deal that gives hundreds of their products to members of staff in Congress. Come on. It's almost as funny as CNN plus almost not quite not Quite. CNN Plus at least isn't your money. Okay, Peloton is your money, and that's annoying. So CNN Plus, which again was one of the the most hilariously stupid ideas in the history of stupid ideas. I have to refresh. I feel okay. I know that you know what CNN Plus is, but my OCD will not allow me to not tell you this because it brings me such joy. CNN was trying to charge people for content that people don't watch for free. It's an amazing business model. Okay, <laughs> like you go back, you look at all the articles on Peloton changing their pricing models, ceasing production in in uh, February, announcing the ceasing of production in January of this year, ceasing production in February because again, nobody's buying their stuff, right? Uh, <laughs> and then <laughs> you get to CNN Plus, and they're like, "Hey, nobody watches us. What should we do? I don't know. Let's make an app and make people pay for the same stuff." Okay, let's do that. But what can we do that would make it different? I don't know. Get Chris Wallace from Fox News over here. But nobody watches Chris Wallace. He's the worst rated show in his time slot. That's okay. It'll 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 be a thing. <laughs> Bring him over. The company shut down in 27 days. Well, the project. 27 days. How quick? How quick was this? I don't know if you saw this story over the weekend. This is the perfect headline from Red State. The saga of CNN Plus somehow manages to get even more hilarious. Okay. CNN Plus launched and shut down in less than 30 days. All right. They had less people watching the app than are listening to me right now. I'm a local radio host in what some people call a small market. 
and I have more people listening to this show right this very second than watch CNN Plus all week. Do you realize that some of the people who just got fired uh, recently received their welcome baskets? (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, man. Well, at least I got this Cheese of the Month Club membership. That's amazing. Uh, (laughs) In what has to be one of the biggest news industry boondoggles in history, hundreds of millions of dollars were sunk into a project that lasted only two weeks. Even still, CNN's Brian Stelter proclaimed that it's too early to know if this product, if the service was a success or a failure, because lying is like breathing for hosts on the liberal network. That's Red State. Brian Stelter is still out there defending CNN Plus as potentially being a success. Dude, it shut down in a couple of weeks. You were only operational for, like, officially 27 days. We still don't know if it's a success. Oh, my God. Uh, some people want him to continue to be employed at CNN. I know Stephen Crowder's argues, like, look, he needs to be on TV because we need to make fun of him perpetually. But it is it is going to be such sweet, sweet sounds to my ears when he gets fired. Somehow, the saga of CNN Plus has managed to get even more hilarious. According to the Wall Street Journal, already laid off staffers were sent welcome baskets touting how great it is to work for CNN. Okay. I've got a couple of, of things. I got some mixed feelings about this. I got a couple of things to say. One, I would not have expected a company like CNN to send a welcome basket to any of their employees. Okay? Uh, for any company to do that, bravo. Okay? You get at least a little bit of praise from me. I have never in my life gotten a welcome basket from any of my employers. That has never happened. And I'm amazing. Okay, I have saved companies in the past. I've never gotten a welcome basket. I've never gotten a thank you basket. That has never happened. The best I've gotten is like the annual, like we have some leftover Christmas baskets that we're going to give to clients, but we don't, we don't have a way to deliver them. Do you want it? That's the best I've gotten. Okay, CNN actually sent welcome baskets out to the, the people who are working at CNN Plus. I think that is commendable, and I think that that is something that more companies should do. You know, it just it's a it's a great way to be welcomed into the company. So I appreciate that. With that said, trash product, trash company, and unfortunately, at you know, I this depending on what was sent in these welcome baskets, um, they're filled with branded product branded products uh from from the now defunct unit. <laughs> so, so it wasn't even food that they could survive on now that they're unemployed. It was CNN plus swag. So now you you you've been fired by CNN Plus and you get to wear CNN Plus like shirts and hats and <laughs> It could not have happened to better people. It couldn't have. Got more coming up. 953 MNC. Casey Hendrickson. This morning news. Weekday mornings 5 till 9 on News Talk 953, Michiana's news channel. CNN Plus is almost, almost, well, Peloton's almost as funny as CNN Plus. CNN Plus is almost as funny as Hulu. Not quite. You realize that Hulu almost picked up an alternate universe series about Hillary and Bill Clinton? An alternate reality with Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton. One in which she never married 
Bill Clinton. So the series was called Bill Clinton because Hillary is nothing without him. And that is the truth. Hillary Clinton is not famous. Hillary Clinton is not a political figure. Hillary Clinton is not a senator. Hillary Clinton is not a multiple failed presidential candidate. Hillary Clinton is not a secretary of state. Hillary Clinton's entire existence and all of the success she's had is because of her man, period. Period. But (laughs) I'm sure that's not what the series would have reflected. It is alternative universe, after all. But they, they passed on it, thank God. Holy smokes. Would that have been Claire Danes and Dakota Fanning? We're going to play Hillary Clinton at different stages of her life. The series is going to be called Rodham. (laughs) Oh, they passed on it, though. They passed on it. Thank God. We don't have to endure it. But uh, it was close. It was this close. And you know it would have been vomit-inducing. You know that. All right, ladies and gentlemen, go to rumble.com slash Casey, the host. Hit that subscribe button. Bill O'Reilly's up next. Have a great night. Bill O'Reilly here. 